My name is Paul Riley, also known as Political Paul, and this is The Riley Rant, a weekly podcast where we discuss all things political, professional, and personal. Let's rant. Thank you for tuning into the 18th official episode of The Riley Rand. As was noted in the intro, we discuss all things political, professional, and personal, and what a wild week it has been in politics. We just received breaking news this past week that Jared Kushner, son-in-law and senior advisor to President Trump, tried to orchestrate a secret back-channel line of communication with the Russians prior to the inauguration. Now, this news is significant primarily because the U.S. views Russia as a foreign and hostile adversary. And our U.S. intelligence community believes with a strong degree of certainty that it was, in fact, the Russians who tried to interfere with our elections. It was the Russians who tried to influence and sway our elections to favor Donald Trump and to tarnish the reputation of Hillary Clinton. And so knowing all of these facts and also realizing that we are currently in the midst of a counterintelligence investigation looking into Russia's influence in our elections... It is surprising, it is shocking, it's wild, it's strange that Jared Kushner would try to set up the secret line of communication outside of the purview of the U.S. intelligence community to interact and connect with a foreign and hostile power. And so the significance of this will be fleshed out over the coming days and weeks, but it's important for us on this day to really double down on the Russia investigation, to better understand the context around it, how we ended up in this predicament. I'll give you my initial reactions, and then I'll leave you with how we should view this going forward. And, and all in all, the hope is that you all will be more informed about this, because I know that we can all get so confused. We get these daily CNN alerts where X, Y, and Z person did this, and this happened, and breaking news here, that we can often be consumed with the news, but also overwhelmed by all of the, the, the minor facts and details and nuances. And so want to dedicate episode 18 to the Russia investigation and posing one simple question. Are we Russian to conclusions? And so by the end of this, I hope that you'll understand my perspective and you'll leave more informed. The reason why the Russia investigation and the Russian ties to the Trump administration are so significant is because key individuals within the Trump administration have had very strange and sketchy interactions with the Russians and they failed to disclose them. They consistently failed to disclose that these meetings and interactions took place. You have Michael Flynn, who was the national security advisor within the Trump administration for about 24 or so days. He was let go because he lied to the vice president, Mike Pence, about conversations that he had with the Russians around U.S. sanctions against Russia. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the U.S. imposed sanctions on Russia for their involvement in Ukraine and and for countless other reasons. And it was apparent through reporting uh, that Michael Flynn had had conversations with the Russians around these sanctions and lied to the vice president about this. Additionally, Michael Flynn received around $34,000 from a Russian state-run media, and it was the belief of the Department of Justice under Sally Yates, who was appointed by Obama at the time, uh, as the Trump administration was trying to appoint Jeff Sessions, the new attorney general, Uh, but it was Sally Yates who served as the acting attorney general, who actually brought information to the White House, to the chief counsel in the White House, that they had believed that 
Michael Flynn had been compromised or blackmailed. And this was because he was lying in the media about the conversations that he had with the Russians. And so the fact that he was lying to news journalists about his interactions led the Department of Justice to believe that he has somehow been compromised because the Russians were aware that he was lying and they could use that potentially as leverage against him. Now imagine how crazy this is. Michael Flynn, the head of the National Security Agency, responsible for consolidating some of the most confidential, top-secret, classified information, that he was somehow in a predicament where he would be compromised and blackmailed by a foreign adversary, a hostile power. That's a predicament no country ever wants to be in. And the fact that he lied to the vice president about his interactions with the Russians just, again, reiterates the weird, sketchy nature of these interactions and the inability of people close to Trump to disclose that these activities and events and meetings had occurred. So we know Michael Flynn, head of our national security agency, head of the intelligence agency that handles classified information, had potentially been compromised by the Russians. But then we look at in Jeff Sessions in his confirmation hearings, he testified before Congress. And Congress, you know, asked some questions about the Russians and, you know, asking Did he ever have any communication with the Russians? In the hearings, he states, I'm not aware of any of those activities. I've been called a surrogate at a time or two in the campaign, and I did not have communications with the Russians. And then we find out later that he, in fact, did have communications with the Russians. He had two meetings with the Russian ambassador. So here we have the Attorney General of the United States testifying before Congress that he had no interactions with any Russian officials during the campaign, marking no on a questionnaire when asked if he had any interactions with the Russians, and then having to come out and say that he did have contact with the Russians. Again, why these sketchy interactions with the Russians? And again, why do these individuals consistently fail to disclose this information when asked in public? And why does it take the journalists and news media breaking these bombshell revelations for people to eventually disclose that they had these meetings? Again, Why are we hiding this information? And so you have Flynn, believed to be compromised, not disclosing information to the vice president, lying about it in the news media. You have Sessions not being forthcoming with the uh, Senate in his confirmation hearing, almost committing what some would say is perjury by lying under oath, all to hide or not disclose the facts that he was meeting with the Russians. And now this past week, you have information around Jared Kushner, a senior member of Trump's campaign, a senior advisor in the Trump administration who tried to set up a private line of communication to potentially have communications that were outside of the purview of the intelligence community. But then you have Trump, the president who is never short of words or tweets, but he somehow doesn't have anything to say about Russia or Putin. We also see his handling of this FBI investigation into Russia, which again begs us to question, why are they acting in this way? Why is Trump And why are the individuals in his orbit acting sketchy? You had Trump who requested loyalty from Comey. Didn't get that. He then asked Comey to let go of the investigation into Flynn and potentially more broadly Russia. He then asked intelligence officials to publicly deny any ideas of collusion with the Russians or any wrongdoing on his part. They don't agree to do so. He then fires Comey. He then gives conflicting reasons for firing Comey. He first says it was on the recommendation of his deputy attorney general. Then he says... He had made the decision to fire Comey prior to talking with the deputy attorney general. So again, confusion around why he fired Comey. After firing Comey, the next day he meets with the Russian ambassador and Russian officials in the Oval Office. He doesn't invite the press, 
but the Russian media and photographers are able to enter. They take a photo that's then distributed across the Russian press and ultimately the U.S. media. And then on top of all of this, he calls Comey a nut job in the meeting and says that he hopes that it will alleviate pressure on him with respect to the Russia question and the Russia investigation. And then he releases classified information to the Russian officials in the Oval Office, information that was shared around intelligence that wasn't supposed to be shared with other individuals. And so these actions with respect to the investigation, with respect to mistakenly releasing classified information, with respect to having the Russians in the Oval Office, again, an adversary, hostile power, it forces one to beg a question of why? Why this buddy-buddy relationship with the Russians? Why are you trying to potentially obstruct the investigation into Russian ties with the administration? Why is he trying to protect Flynn? Why did Flynn and Sessions and Kushner do and act in these secretive, sketchy ways when coming in contact with the Russians? Why does this continue to happen? These are the questions that still need to be answered. And this is why Russia is still at the center of our conversation, of our dialogue, and of our discourse in American politics. And so as we begin to read these facts back to you, and as I've been able to sit with them, here are my initial reactions. Firstly, these things do not happen in a vacuum. In other words, if these individuals acted on their own volition without the knowledge or consent of the president, they would have immediately been fired and stripped of their clearance. Flynn, if he had lied to the vice president, would have been immediately fired on the spot. Instead, it took over 18 days and he probably would not have been fired had it not been for the bombshell reporting that detailed the fact that Flynn had lied about his conversations with the Russians. And so it took 18 days for Flynn to be fired. Sessions, basically, I mean, some would argue otherwise, but he essentially committed what is close to, if not perjury, by saying that he had no communications with the Russians but he, in fact, had had two meetings with the Russian ambassador. He also would not have gotten involved in the firing of Comey. So after it was clear that Sessions failed to disclose that he had meetings with Russians to the Senate during his confirmation hearing, after that whole debacle, he had recused himself from the Russian investigation as it was clear that he had tarnished his ability to be a neutral adjudicator in the investigation. And so he recused himself, but what's fascinating is that when it came time to fire FBI Director Comey, it was clear that Jeff Sessions, who had originally said he was going to recuse himself from the investigation, it was clear that he had played a part in the firing of Comey. Comey, again, being the one who was investigating Russia, Trump ties, and things of that sort. So if this, in fact, were the case, if Sessions were acting on his own in those meetings, he would not have become attorney general. He would not have been given this much power in the administration. And if Kushner had set up that request for a back-channel secret line of communication with the Russians without the knowledge or consent of the president, then he should soon be on his way out of the door for what he did. If he had acted alone without the president's knowledge, then he would have to be let go for not informing the president and for aligning with the power that has sought to dismantle our democracy and our electoral process. But the fact that it took Flynn 18 days to be fired, that Sessions is still bopping along in the attorney general's office, and that there appears to be no initial desire to let Kushner go, all of these things lead me to believe that these individuals felt empowered to act in these ways because they believed and knew that it was endorsed and supported by senior officials in either the Trump campaign or the White House. There would have been little fear of retribution or punishment because they were not acting on their own. 
but in conjunction with the orders of someone higher up. And if you're a senior advisor to the president, if you are the national security advisor, or if you are the attorney general, then that higher power is likely to be the chief of staff, if not the president himself. But it's a lose-lose situation either way. Let's say Trump didn't know all of this then what this tells us is that he has no control over his White House and that he has to clean shop immediately as he has individuals who are doing crazy, sketchy things, particularly with respect to the Russians, that need and warrant uh, discipline and removal from post. And so if he knew nothing about this, the lesson is that he has no control over this White House and that he needs to clean shop. But if he did know, that means that he is implicated in these actions and that he must answer to them. But the most important thing to realize is that no matter where you find yourself on this spectrum of whether he knew or he didn't know whether Trump was involved or he was not involved, both scenarios highlight an incompetence and a lack of preparation that doesn't serve the American people well. Whether he knew or didn't know has horrible implications for this White House and horrible implications for our leadership at the highest levels of government. But I'm of the belief that there is something there. And of course, I don't know how high up the chain it goes. And of course, we have this belief of innocence until proven guilty. But as I begin to make these assessments and these assumptions, I'm actually relying on the blueprint that was set forth by Michael Flynn. You all may remember Michael Flynn was a big Trump surrogate throughout the 2016 campaign. He spoke at the convention where he had the audience join him in chanting, lock her up. Of course, this was in reference to Hillary Clinton and her private email server scandal, basically the belief that someone could have hacked into her server, someone could have stolen classified or top secret information uh, had they been able to break into her server. And so he was saying that she should be locked up for putting the nation's secrets and intelligence at risk. And as he was assessing her inner circle, folks requesting immunity and things of that sort, he made a comment on one of the news networks that I think is going to come back to bite him. He says, when you are given immunity, that means that you probably committed a crime. When you are given immunity, that means you have probably committed a crime. And the irony of that statement lies in the fact that recently, Michael Flynn requested immunity from the Senate intelligence community who's now investigating him and his actions. So if the person who told us that anyone who asked for immunity must have committed a crime and then this individual proceeds to ask for immunity, that leads me to believe that somewhere along this chain, again, we don't know how high up it goes, but somewhere along this chain, someone committed some wrongdoing. And Michael Flynn, from his statements, apparently has a story to tell. And apparently, from his formula for what immunity means is essentially that someone committed wrongdoing, that he must have in fact committed some type of wrongdoing to request immunity in the first place. So that's what leads me to believe that there's a there there and that this investigation is going to continue to push forth additional revelations. And the question then becomes how many people were involved, who knew what, and how much did they know? So firstly, this didn't happen in a vacuum. You know, I find it hard to believe that these individuals were acting on their own volition without consent of the president or someone higher up. You know, that's my initial reaction. But then my second reaction is just how striking it is, how partisan our politics have become, that we've allowed this administration and individuals within this administration to get away with so much. No one else would have gotten away with this. Imagine for a second that Obama fired someone particularly the FBI director who was investigating him and then met with the Russians in the Oval Office and didn't invite the press, but invited Russian photographers and media personnel. Can you imagine the backlash that he would receive from House Republicans, the backlash he would receive from Fox News? 
Or remember when Clinton was criticized for the private server, primarily, again, because of the belief that top secret classified information could have been hacked into and placed in the wrong hands, and then realize that our very own president gave up classified intel to our adversaries, the Russians, when he had a meeting with them in the Oval Office. Now, I'm in no way, shape, or form condoning Clinton's actions with the private server, but I'm simply trying to highlight the hypocrisy and the inconsistency and outrage on the part of the Republicans. And the main reason why Trump and his allies are able to get away with this is because it is politically expedient for the Republicans. Now, we should all know by now that Congress is not afraid of investigations. Congress will launch an investigation in a New York minute. Do y'all remember Benghazi? The number of investigations they did into Benghazi and around Clinton, having her testify for hours and hours on end, hearing after hearing after hearing. But those very same House Republicans have decided that they want to cash in politically. And you have to you know, begin to wonder why they've all of a sudden become so mum. Why they all of a sudden are at a loss for words and a loss for resources for investigations when a few months prior... You couldn't tell them no when it came to investigations on Benghazi and on conspiracy theories and things of that sort. And we also know that Paul Ryan didn't like Donald Trump. He uninvited Trump from his rally in Wisconsin during the campaign trail. And it was clear that many in the leadership and the rank and file didn't like him as their ideal candidate. But after he won, they saw an opportunity to jam tax reform through. They saw an opportunity to get their health care reform bill, repeal and replacing Obamacare into action. And as you know, if you've been following us, we've covered that extensively in previous episodes. And they saw an opportunity for them to cut programs and spending. But to do this, it requires cooperation with this administration. It requires them to be complicit in the sketchy interactions and behaviors around Russia and around the travel ban and around so many other countless measures. It allows them to overlook the behaviors of these aforementioned advisors and high-level officials in the administration, and it allows them to live with hypocrisy in their response in order to put party over people and country and in order to execute on their own political agenda. It will truly be fascinating in my mind and interesting to see how history looks back on Republican leadership as they are the ones who now have the power to stand up to the problematic actions and behaviors that we see within this administration and to ensure that our institutions and checks and balances are maintained. These are all things to look out for and to think about as we continue to grapple with our current political climate. And as I asked in the intro, are we rushing to conclusions? Only time will tell. Special Counsel Mueller will hopefully help us get to the bottom of this. But for now, I guess we'll have to settle for the daily CNN alerts and latest developments. But what are your thoughts? Is there a there there? Or is this all political partisanship at its finest where we're trying to make something out of nothing? We'd love to hear your thoughts. I've shared mine, but we'd love to get your perspective as we begin to get to the bottom of this. Remember that if it's Sunday, it's time to rant. If it's Sunday, it's the Riley rant.